welcome to Grazeaholics. I'm Veronica. And I'm Courtney. And today we will be discussing season two, episode 10, Much Too Much. And is that a song? It is. It's by The Who. And we played it a little bit off camera or off the podcast. What you think? I liked it. I like The Who. I, I've, I'm neutral towards yeah. them, so I liked it. Yeah. The lyrics, though, kind of give us like a foreshadow of like what's going to happen. Right. I, I was like surprised it. whenever you played it. I was like, oh, shit. Like this kind of like ties in really well. Yes. And I do want to apologize to our listeners. Um, I'm a little I'm not under the weather. I'm just I just sound weird. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. You're just... sick, but not sick. <laughs> I straighten my voice. You a have lot. symptoms, but you're not sick. It's not COVID. Tested negative, so I have no hey. idea. Apparently, it's just a sore throat caused by allergies. So, love that for me. Love that. What you drinking over there? So I am drinking a Crown Royal peach <gasps> tea Ooh. in a can. And I'm going to take the first sip right now. Take the first sip for us. Bolt is excited. I hear him. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Wow. Because I was worried that it was going to be more like tea than crown, but you can, you can taste the crown. And I like that. I like that. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, what are you drinking? Sadly, I'm not drinking alcohol because I don't want to mm. mix Mucinex with tequila. I was going to drink tequila today. I probably will. We're doing a double recording, so I probably will drink like a shot of tequila in the next episode. I just have a protein shake. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I haven't been working out as hard, so I feel like I'm losing my like muscle mass. So I'm like... I like did a really quick workout before I saw you. I'm like, pump it, pump it, pump it. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, this is what I do. Hot mess express. You need to rest and take care of yourself. Welcome to the shit show, everyone. This is resting. (laughs) Really? Yes, this is resting. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Grazeaholics pod so like veronica said we are discussing season two episode 10 and the netflix description says christina has anxiety about her relationship with burke meredith's one night stand checks into the hospital and addison's pregnant patient arrives which this one's okay yeah short concise straight to the point yeah. Not bad. Not bad. No, this one's good. This one's good. Do you want to deliver us the opening monologue? All right, let's see. Let's hope I don't mess it up. When you were a kid, it was Halloween candy. You hid it from your parents and ate it until you got sick. In college, it was a heavy combo of youth, tequila, and, well, you know. As a surgeon, you take as much of the good as you can get because it doesn't come around nearly as often as it should. Because good things aren't always what they seem. Too much of anything, even love, is not always a good thing. Oh, I love that. I love that, too. I love the tequila yeah, part. No. I don't think I ever got over that, but, you know. I mean, um, I never went to college, but 
same <laughs> i mean like i feel like my name should be veronica tequila i mean you could always have a kid and make their middle name tequila i mean i have seen pretty pretty bad names i know i know all yeah. right hit us with the recap please so we opened the episode seeing meredith and the guy from the bar stripping down the hall of her house and we also see christina and burke making out and stumbling through his apartment door Then we see Izzy and Alex making out coming through Meredith's front door. And oh my God, then we see Addison and Derek in the shower making out. That was so gross. I crazy about this right now. But yeah, that was so gross. I mean, I'm okay with the whole Addison thing, but like Derek. (laughs) I'm I'm like the whole thing, like all of them. I'm just like, okay, like I'm just because it's not what it seems, right? It's just right. the physical aspect of it. Right, especially like Meredith. Yeah. Like, especially her. Yeah. So it's the next morning, and Meredith is on the phone with Christina. She tells her that there's a boy in her bed. Christina tells Meredith that she is in Burke's apartment alone. Meredith asks if she's going through his stuff, to which Christina tells her that there is no stuff to go through. And I feel like this would be you and me to be honest like I feel like this would be you and me like I would call you and you'd be like are you going through his stuff like yeah. that would be us yeah that would totally be us <laughs> I thought you meant the clean apartment I was like that is not me no that would not be me no she's now right now at the end of the week it's like I feel you yeah she tells Meredith that he arranged his books by the Dewey Decimal System and she says Mayor I'm scared <laughs> that is pretty scary though. how do you organize your books do you just organize them by genre so i no i do height and like hardback and paperback are on different shelves but that falls out of whack because my red shelf is completely full so i've started having to like put red books up beside not read books so now they're all like out of whack but it's fine i try not to look at it too much i don't have (laughs) at all i just go by like tallest to shortest i go by whatever fits in the bookcase (sighs) how many books do you have i want to come to your house and fix it i don't have a lot i don't have a lot like you i mean you have a a phenomenal (laughs) collection of books i don't have a lot actually we gave away a lot because i received for some reason a lot of christian books like i'm gonna read that no you know who did that but, but it's it's not and, and it's a company so john and i had to like get rid of a lot of books because we're like this is too much we need to like get rid of some so there is no such thing as too many books. i know but now with the kindle there is no such thing as too much for real i know i know i know so meredith's boy wakes up and she tells him that she is going to take a shower and when she comes back he won't be there christina goes to get herself some coffee and finds inside the mug a key and a note that says i had a key made for you so yeah, yeah the boy looks awfully young that was my note meredith awfully young yeah like really young not really a, a guy i would think she would go for honestly no i feel like she goes for the older men maybe because but she's older. also just like Fucking. trying to get the d i don't yeah. really think she cares about what they look like and christina i think burke is moving too fast this this would make me anxious like boy like calm down oh god if john hears this this is coming from a girl that day one day to one i said i'm moving in with you and going with you to virginia which are you serious is very 
scary for the guy, which John was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not even the guy. I'm scared. But when you know, you know, you know, but yeah. Maybe Burke knows. But Christina doesn't. Well, you didn't know that John knew either. He had no choice. Well, it seems to me that Burke is not giving Christina choices either. That's true. Continue, please. George comes into the kitchen and starts complaining to Izzy that it was another sleepless night in Seattle. And they start talking about Meredith's past hookups. Izzy gives George a curious look, but he tells her that he's over Meredith. George asks Izzy about her night with Alex, but she tells him that there were technical difficulties. And Izzy gets frustrated and grabs George by the collar and tells him that she needs sex now. And he tells her that no matter how hard she begs for it, he is not doing her. Yeah, George. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right, George. Okay. Okay. At the hospital, Addison is signing the official papers that make her a part of the hospital. She tells Weber that her patient, which is quintuplets, is checking in today. Addison and Izzy are checking in on Dory, who is the woman that's pregnant with the quints. Dory is 32 weeks along, and Izzy goes over the full-term timelines for babies, and that quintuplets, 34 weeks, is extremely successful. Dory is talking to her husband about the children at home, and we learn that they already have triplet boys. And Dory says that she just really wanted a girl. I'm stressed. That's a lot of fucking kids. <laughs> I'm stressed. John keeps saying if we ever have kids, it'd be twins. I'm stressed just thinking about that, let alone watching this episode. And they have like so many babies. And I'm just like, how do you like yeah. j- just forget about it? Like there goes 20 Like years how of your are life. you going to handle three three-year-olds and five newborns i'm stressed that's absurd yes that's absurd you better have a nanny um so i did a little bit of research on um quintuplets because i was kind of interested to see if how often this happened and all that so as you said quintuplets are a set of five babies born in one birth they are often referred as quint and usually this happens uh quintuplets are common whenever a person takes fertility a uh, woman takes fertility drugs and assisted reproduction techniques. That's when the frequency of quintuplets happens the most because they are very rare. In 2017, the National Vital Statistics report showed the birth of 49 quintuplets and higher order multiples, which is not a lot. That's uh, really not a lot at all. And most quintuplets are actually a combination of boys and girls. So it's oh. even rare to have quintuplets quintuplets are all female or male but she does mention she would had what was it fertility drugs right so this yes. makes sense yeah so the estimate spontaneous consumption of quintuplets is an average of one in over 60 million births hmm. one in 60 million births wasn't it no that was holy enough. shit yeah i don't i don't feel like i know anything about i don't know anyone that had quintuplets thank god no no the average gestation for a quintuplet pregnancy is 29 weeks, Oof. which is 11 weeks shorter than the 40-week recommended full-term baby. But I think it's 38 was full-term, but 40 is like the full, full, right. uh, full-term. Typically, mothers have to go uh, have a C-section, and typically they have to sew their cervix because quintuplets tend to come earlier than they're ready so they have to literally sew their cervix shut kind of like what happened in the oh my yeah 
The most famous set of quintuplets are the Dion quintuplets that were born in Canada in 1934. And wow, they're the first to be documented to actually survive infancy, too. Oh, holy shit. There is a a more recent, so this is um, in Texas in 2020, a set of quintuplets was born on August 13 at the Odessa Odessa Regional Medical, Medical Center. And they were all girls, and they were all born healthy. So this just wow, happened. holy just happened. shit! Pandemic babies, I'm telling you, a true, true, so, yeah. So the technology that she used, it did, uh, it multiplies the chance of having quintuplets of uh, up to six in ten thousand births. So it's quite. Oh, awesome. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my little report. I loved that. I was so invested in the in the quints. So I'm excited to hear all the research that you have on them in the this episode and next. I think with their issues and this the things that they had wrong. Let's hope I did. You did, I know it. (laughs) Meredith and Christina are sitting on a bench outside the hospital. Meredith is talking to Christina about her one night stands. Christina pulls out a key that Burke left for her. And then Meredith's boy walks over to her holding his coat in front of him and asks if she works there. He tells her he is having a little problem. He removes the coat and Meredith isn't even picking up on what's happening. But Christina looks down and sees it and introduces herself. He says that ever since they had sex, it won't go away. They've all committed to the hospital and discussed trying to hide him so nobody finds out. But at that moment, Bailey rounds the corner and calls after them. Christina bails, leaving Meredith standing awkwardly with Steve. And she looks frazzled. I, I, yes. Christina's loving it. She is oh, yeah. having yeah. a blast with this. That would be me with you if that was... <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Yes. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Izzy. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> Izzy is checking on Dory. We learn that she has already named all of the babies. She essentially calls Izzy out for judging her, but wants to hear what Izzy has to say. And Izzy lets her know that if she had reduced the fetuses by two, the three babies could have been born more developed and healthier. Dory takes Izzy's hand and starts guiding her around her stomach, introducing her to all the babies. I have a problem with her, with Izzy. Yeah, I did too. Cause like, yeah, okay. She could have done that. She could have reduced the pregnancy by two, but like, it's her choice. Like she knew the risks, like it's her choice. You know what really bothers me from this is that, like, now that I've watched the, I mean, I, I'm going to say it because it's common knowledge for great fans, but the fact that she had a kid that she put into adoption, right, later on mm-hmm, in it, mm-hmm. that was her choice. And right. she didn't want to be judged for it, but that was her choice. And the fact that she's judging mm-hmm. this mom is like, as a mom, as a mother, like, why judge others? I don't get it. I don't get it. Exactly. And you know, it's crazy to me because Izzy acts all high and mighty with her like, oh, women empowerment with like her whole thing whenever she was doing the modeling and things like that. She's like, oh, like women empowerment, women can do whatever they want, like blah, blah, blah. But then like anytime a woman patient tries to do what she wants, Izzy automatically has a problem with it. That's true. (laughs) That is very true. I hate it. Meredith ushers Steve and Bailey into a room. She starts trying to explain the situation to Bailey and Bailey starts asking what erectile dysfunction drug he took. He 
he is adamant that he hasn't taken any. The condition is called priapism, and it's the prolonged erection of penis, usually without sexual arousal, and it is usually brought on by the use of EDs. Bailey admits Steve and tells Meredith to get to work on testing and labs. So I did a little bit of research on this, and this is from the Mayo Clinic. Like you said, ischemic priapism is also called low flow priapism, which is like you said, when the blood does not leave, is not able to leave the penis and it's trapped because it cannot flow out into the veins of the penis. And there's a problem with the contraction of smooth muscles within the erectile tissue of the penis. It is the uh, ischemic priapism is the most common type of priapism and requires immediate medical care to prevent complications caused by not getting enough oxygen to the penile tissue. I wonder if it would fall off. I'm kidding. Um, well, I mean, at one point, Derek does tell them that it, it can does. get gangrenous and yeah. then it will fall off. Yeah, it'll like rot off. <laughs> Sorry. So some science, obviously, is the erection lasting for more than four hours uh, or unrelated to sexual interest or stimulation, a rigid penile shaft, but the tip of the penis is soft and progressively worsening penile pain, which does happen in the episode. So... Yeah. Yeah, if you have these conditions, go see a doctor ASAP. But not a lot of men listen. Not a lot of men listen to our. I don't think any men listen to our podcast, so we're good. No. Yeah. No. You know, it's good to know. Addison brings Derek in to meet Dory. He begins talking to Dory about the baby Lucy, and she has hydrocephalus, which is a buildup of cerebral spinal fluid on the brain. Derek informs her that this could mean Lucy has brain damage, but they caught it early enough that they can take care of it quickly. He will install a shunt to drain the fluid, and that if it works, there will be no brain damage. Christina is confronting Burke about the key. Awkward. It's just awkward just just awkward like uh, she holds up the key in front of his face and asks what the hell is this that's one way to do it I guess I don't know he simply says it's a key and asks her if she is feeling existential this morning they are interrupted by Meredith who tells her that Steve's labs came back clean and so someone needs to induce vasoconstriction Christina tells her, nice try with the fancy word. He needs an enema, and the answer is no. But they strike a deal where Christina will do Steve's enema, and Meredith will do every enema assigned to Christina for a month. I mean, she's embarrassed, Meredith. You can yeah, but, like, come on. But I would want to make him embarrassed, so I would do everything myself. That's Just to I'm make saying. him feel awkward. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Why are you embarrassed? If you're going to be a hoe, own it own it girl exactly exactly like there's no reason to be ashamed but this was how long ago where like being a hoe was highly frowned upon but now i'm just like yay hoes tell me i'm wrong i mean it's true it's yay, true hoes yeah we should make shirts that say yay hoes i love that that's the phrase for this week yay hoes yay hoes <laughs> i have a do we have a quote for this week <gasps> let me write that you need down. to write that down because we have not had a quote in a while Alex is at the nurse's station working on a chart and Olivia is there. He looks at her and asks if she's still not talking to him. And she replies, you gave me syphilis. She then asks how George is. Olivia walks away and Izzy comes up to Alex and she lets him know that she's on the Quince case and gave his pager number in case they need more people. 
He blows her off and says he has his own case to worry about. She asks him if they can have sex tonight, but he says he's on call. So she asks to have sex right now and strolls away. And we see them in an on-call room. Izzy is down to her bra and Alex has no shirt on, but it clearly didn't work out again because Izzy says, if it's me, just tell me it's me. And Alex insists that it's not her. Is Alex developing feelings? But then like, why wouldn't you get it up? You know, if you're developing feelings. I think because he he cares and he doesn't want to be a hoe because he's already hoed enough. And he doesn't want to, like, hoe with her. I need to write down he's already hoed enough. <laughs> the theme of this week is how to be a hoe. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's relatable. Izzy has paged 911 to the Quince case. Dory's having contractions. The baby's vital signs are stable, but her placenta is laying low, and they will have to keep a close eye on that. Bailey is checking on Steve and finds that the enema did not work. So now they move on to needle aspiration, which freaks me out. Something terrible. (laughs) Meredith lets him know that they will have to drain the blood and they do the procedure and his erection finally does go down. So we think. (sighs) Right. Addison and Burke are talking with Dory and her husband about Emily's heart surgery. Emily has hypoplastic left heart syndrome and that is also referred to as HLHS. Nope. HL. Yeah. HLHS. Yes. Um, and it's a birth defect that affects normal blood throw through the heart. And I will be talking more about this in the next episode because they kind of go more in depth with what it is and the possible solutions for it. So I definitely have a whole thing about it, but I do have some statistics because I'm all about numbers. Okay. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, estimates that each year about 1,025 babies in the United States are born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. In other words, about one out of every 3,841 babies born in the United States each year is born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And one of the things you have to look for is the vein and see how narrow it is or how wide it is to be able to solve that issue, to have uh, blood flowing through that uh blood flowing in that area of the heart but i did extensive research on it for next episode but okay good good christina and burke are in an elevator alone together and he says it's just a key she says good good and then he says or you could start thinking about moving in with me and the look on her face is priceless and it's a clear absolutely no See, no. that's too much. Like, mm, start off slow. Let, let's start with the like, toothbrush. That's a good idea, a toothbrush. So. I never left a toothbrush at Randy's house whenever we were dating. Mm, Ever. Long distance, why? Didn't matter. I did leave some stuff there, but for some reason, a toothbrush was never one of them. Mm, I don't know yeah. why. I think I left it just <laughs> because I forgot to pack it. Not because I, not because I was expecting it to be there. Not intentionally. Right, right. Bailey, Christina, and Meredith are checking on Steve. It seems that that the last procedure was only a temporary help and his erection has returned. It is then that Christina informs Meredith that Bailey has contacted Neuro for a consult. Bailey says it's not her fault Meredith broke the boy's penis. Derek comes in for the console and he asks Steve when the last time he ejaculated was, and he says he's not sure and asks Meredith and she is cringing. 
I just don't understand why he would ask her. Well, because maybe he was drunker than her and like didn't know what time. He's not going to remember when he ejaculated. All he had to say was like last night around after midnight or something. I don't know. I just feel like he's so stupid. He's a stupid poor guy. His penis boy. is broken and you're being mean. Well, I mean, that's what you guess. I guess for, for what? I guess for, for having around. sex? <laughs> for being a hoe. There you go. Christina leaves the room and it's registering with Derek that Meredith and Steve hooked up. Which his face was priceless too. But again, it's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? I know. I don't like him here. Oh, I hate him. Okay, These two episodes, oh, he can just fucking, I hate him. Because he's having sex with Addison, obviously. Exactly. So what is she supposed to do? Be celibate and, like, wait for him and, like, I don't know. I don't know why. That's I what picture, he wants. I don't know why he picture her wants. at the it's bay. It's fucking Seattle. ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> Be a hoe. Be a hoe, Meredith. Be a hoe. Bailey is doing a consult for Julie, one of Dory's babies. We learn that Julie's organs are growing in a sack outside of her body, and Bailey will need to operate to put them back in. Burke finds Christina in the intern locker room. She asks him what makes him think they can live together when he knows nothing about her. He starts rattling off all the little things he does know about her, and he tells her that he knows she doesn't want to move, but he can't always be the one that takes the step. Any more steps, and he's walking away. Which... I kind of agree with Burke here. I will have to say I do too. But I kind of agree with Christina because that date they had was awkward as fuck. So how can you like yes. have a date and like make it so awkward and like not know each other? Because he was making decisions for her, which was very like condescending. And then right. expect her to like move in. Like I'm confused. Like I understand what he's saying and I stand by it. But like I'm confused. Right. Does that make sense? Right. No, it does. It does. Because I can definitely see both sides of it, for sure. Like, I get what you're saying, but I wish he would just, like... If that day had gone well, and, like, they kind of hit it off, and they're like, yeah, like, talking, I would totally be, like, Burke's side. Right. I I don't know if it's justified in this case. Right. Derek is telling Steve that he has a tumor on his lower spine that is pressing against his cavernous nerve, which is causing the erection. He asks if he should be scared and he grabs Meredith's hand. Derek asks how long they've been seeing each other and Meredith jumps to respond with, we're not seeing each other. Steve says that they met last night at Joe's and Derek smiles and says that he met a girl there once himself a very long time ago. It was like four fucking months. Like, calm down. Right? Right? Also, if I was Meredith, I would have popped in and been like, yeah, yeah, you did. Where was your wife whenever you met that girl? Yes. You know? I like that shade. Yes. Shade him. Um, I couldn't find anything about a tumor causing an erection. No? Oh, that's interesting. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere. Huh. But I mean, I saw like a couple of like, it, there wasn't a specific thing because they were saying like, there's all these tumors that cause a couple of several like issues and whatever yeah but like it wasn't really anything like fascinating yeah christina goes to burke's apartment she opens the door to find him working out she says i used the key she asks if he really wants to know her and he says that there is nothing she could reveal about herself that he wouldn't want to know and that's nice i like that i do like that they go back to her apartment which is trashed like it is not good she says I don't do laundry. I buy new underwear. And under the table, six months of magazines I'll never read. But I won't throw out. I don't wash dishes. 
vacuum or put the toilet paper on the holder. I hired a maid once. She ran away crying. The only things in my fridge are water, vodka, and diet soda. And I don't care, but you do. Still think that living together is a good idea? They're polar opposites. They are. But that's, like, not always, like, a bad no. thing. Like, Randy no. and I are polar opposites. So, yeah, and but we like, get along fine. But there's a thing about being polar opposites on the superficial level, whereas, like, like John and I are, are polar opposites in, like, taste of music and things like that. But, like, when it comes down to it, I think we're pretty similar this like this would drive me nuts if i was burke i'd be well like, oh, i don't know if we're gonna but have christina a- and burke are very similar whenever it comes to their work and they're like they're both insanely smart they both have so much drive and like just workaholic like yeah, all of that but it seems like he's a type a he is a type a he's not seen he is a type a especially with the way he likes to live and do things so right can't mess with type A's people like that. They get frazzled, <laughs> discombobulated. <laughs> Izzy greets Alex and Meredith at the coffee stand. She lets them know that Addison wants them both on notice when the quints are born, since they will need everyone available. So then we see Alex. He's in an on-call room, and Olivia comes in. Alex asks her if when they were together, if it, meaning sex, was good. She says, yes, it was really good. He agrees that it was easy, simple. And then they start making out and it's clear that they're gonna have sex. See, he has high, like he's pressuring himself. So he decided to just hoe it out. Because he doesn't want to disappoint Izzy with the sex. Because he's like cares about like if it's gonna be good or not. I'm telling you, I never cared about any of that shit. I know, but he's a guy. He's like a bro dude. Like he cares. Like he cares about that. So like he doesn't want to fuck it up with Izzy. So he's like, okay, let me see if it's good with. Let me see if I still have it, and I'm gonna hold around. Which it's not not the way to. It's not logical. It's not the way to do it. But you know, he's a Chad. He's a Chad. Yeah, no offense. There, <laughs> no offense to anybody named Chad. Yes. <laughs> Derek and Meredith are in Steve's OR removing the tumor. He tells Meredith to wait a few weeks before she has sex with him again. He tells her he didn't know she started dating, and she says that he knew it would happen eventually. He says that eventually feels a lot different than actually, and that it's surprisingly painful. And oh. I fucking hate him for this. He has no room to say anything to her. He was balls deep in his wife less than fucking 24 hours ago. Just fuck right off, Derek. Fuck right off. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this. Oh, pity me. Like, oh, what? I can't have my cake and eat it too. Not the consequences of my own actions again. I want to hit him with a car. (laughs) I think that there's nothing for me to be said because that was just perfect. I enjoyed that. I serious. I was so mad watching this. I was I so mad. I, I yeah. I don't know. I think he expects <laughs> her to be at like, I don't know, in front of the sea, crying, waiting for him. Just like I'm sick of his shit. I'm so sick of it. I, he's just so yeah. He has a big ego, for sure. 
Addison and Izzy are with Dory because there is fetal distress. Dory says that she thinks her water broke, but they pull back the blankets to find blood. Addison says that the babies have to come out now. Meredith is updating Steve on his surgery, letting him know that everything went well and he will be fine. He asks her if once he's out of there, maybe they could go out and she shuts him down and gets a page to help with Dory. As they are wheeling Dory into surgery, Izzy lets Addison know that everyone has answered the page except for Alex and Addison sends Izzy off to find him. She finds him in an on-call room, naked, on top of Olivia, and she looks at him and tells him that it's time for the quince. Addison gets to work on Dory and the babies. And I know that we'll, you'll read the closing montage in a second, but I love how the, during the closing montage, as Meredith is saying it, um, the OR babies are being delivered and it's like the monologues playing and it syncs up with like the too much with each character's issues. I fucking loved that. And I have a story so, about the babies. I wonder if wait. the babies represent the interns in some weird way. We can discuss that in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, because now I'm, like, thinking about them. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, read us the, the monologue. Because okay. I did, like, I just, I loved that touch that they did the monologue and the montage linked up. Loved that. All right, here we go. How do you know how much is too much? Too much too soon. Too much information. Too much fun. Too much love. Too much to ask. And when is it all just too much to bear? Oh, see? I know. I know. Uh, I loved it. It was good. It was really good. I I can't wait. Do you want me to give away, or not give away, but like talk about some of the cases that we did not discuss? Yes, please. All right, here we go. So we have a couple. So we have Robert Martin, which was an honorable mention case. It has come up in the next episode. But the doctors are Derek Shepard and Alex Karev. He has a subdural hemorrhage, delirium, Radke's cleft cyst, a seizure, and hypnotremia. Probably butcher that. He was supposed to have, he hit his head, he collapsed. He had uh, an uncontrolled eye movement and delirium. He had low sodium because he was drinking more to quench. And uh, he was, excuse me, he had low sodium because he was drinking more to quench um, the thirst. But that was causing uh, an issue with the Radke's cleft cyst. They treated his condition with the hypertonic saline and planned a surgery when Robert locked himself in the bathroom and drank water despite orders not to drink anything. So he was giving more saline, but an incorrect dosage was ordered, which dehydrated his brain and caused it to swell. And who ordered the incorrect dosage? Alex Karev. And Olivia administered it. Yes, syphilis girl. Syphilis girl? My God. I mean, she did give syphilis to George. Well, but Alex started it. Exactly. I mean, I said be a hoe, but don't be like a careless, reckless hoe. Be a smart hoe. That's another quote. That has to be another one. Be a smart hoe. There you I go. Like there you go, folks. Uh, the next episode is before my dog decides to hear you not. Okay. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Episode 11. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do this. But until then, 
we'll say goodbye to everyone. And we'll see you all in two weeks. Want to say goodbye Bye. to everyone?